Good. One person. The rest of you are like, I'd do good for him no matter what. Amen. Well, anyways, I, I love this next verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse number 8. You know, first is we sow bountifully, and then we do it with a joyful heart. Listen to verse 8. As you prepare your morning tithes and offering, if you need an envelope, I think they've got some. If you need one, you can raise your hand real high and wave it like you just don't care. Amen. And um, the Bible says in verse 8, it says, and God is able to make what? All. To make all grace abound towards you. Listen to this. That you always having all sufficiency in all things. Look at, some people say, well, I don't, you know, God doesn't really need my money. I don't need to give. No, you don't. But can I encourage you this morning that, that when you get a hold of this principle, amen, that it unlocks something in your life that is unexplainable, amen? And I can tell you that I live this first. I see God do this, and it blows me away, amen? The first of the year, I, I felt like I heard God. I haven't heard, like, the audible voice of God a lot in my life, but, man, the first of the year, we were talking about what we did last year in giving, and I felt like God said something was coming um, specifically to our lives this year, amen? And can I tell you that God has answered what he said in our life. Amen. Amen. Because the Bible says that he is able to make all sufficiency abound towards us. Amen. That we will have everything we need when we need it. Amen. I think that's the hardest part is really trusting that this will work. Now there's days where I question, God, are you really going to show up and show off? Amen. But I love this. He goes that you may have an abundance for everything you want. That's not what it says. You guys need to open your Bible and follow me along. Amen? It says that you may have abundance for every good work or deed or whatever translation you're reading. That when, when you give, when you sow, when you do it with a joyful heart, that God brings abundance so we can continue to do what God puts in our heart. Amen? So I just want to encourage you this morning to trust God, to sow bountifully, because you're going to reap bountifully. Do it with an excited heart, because grace is coming to your life. Amen? Father, I thank you today, God, that, that you are good. You are faithful, and some of us are getting a hold of what this means in our life. God, I thank you that grace is flowing in our lives. God, that your goodness is shining down upon us because we are your people. So, Father, today I pray that your people would be encouraged to believe that as we release our faith in your hands today, God, that you are faithful to make every need met in our lives according to your riches and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I think we have a little offering or announcement for you. Church family, we're starting Operation Christmas Child coming November 1st through the 13th. If you would like to help and participate in building a shoebox for a child in need, please contact Christina Roselli or sign up in the foyer. Hey Solid Rock family, I'm Joe Lujan, this is my wife Sonia. We hold a group meeting at our home in Placerville once a month. We meet the second Wednesday of every month at 7 p.m. So please come and join us for fellowship and prayer. You know there are many home groups, so come and sign up in the foyer today. It will bless you greatly. Amen. Right Joe? Right Sonia. Church family, Wednesday night, November 2nd, 
food truck of the foothills has partnered with lord's gym eldorado county for our backpack giveaway they'll be setting up the food trucks right here solid rock having a great night food music it's going to be a wonderful time raising money for our backpack giveaway that takes place every august so come on out wednesday night november 2nd between five and eight grab some dinner help support a great cause hope you can make it out church family november 13th we're having our connect luncheon at 12 30. It's right after second service. If you have not yet attended one of these Connect Luncheons, we would love to have you. It's a great way to hear Pastor's heart for the church and also to meet some of our ministry heads and our leaders. Be there, sign up in the foyer. Solid Rock Faith Center and a few of our other churches have partnered together to put together a fundraiser dinner for our nomadic shelter. We're looking for some people that enjoy bacon cakes or pies. So if that's you and you want to be a part of this great fundraiser dinner, please find more information in your bulletin today. invite card in there come out wednesday night the food trucks are a great time and Amen. all the all the food trucks everything they sell they give a percentage back to the lord's gym so that'll be a great way to get the hit the ground running for next year for our backpacks amen father we thank you today god for the faithfulness of your people god i thank you that your word works god that you really do fulfill your promises so god today as we release our tithes and our offerings to you we thank you that you are faithful to provide for every need of our lives you're faithful to make grace abound in our lives so god we we are excited for what you're doing in our lives and we just trust you and we ask you to multiply our giving today that the kingdom of god could continue to do its work throughout el dorado county the nation and the world in jesus name amen amen god is so faithful and good and amen. you know it was exciting last night having people here that don't go to church and asking more about our church and that's what it's all about so thank you for your support we're able to do what we do amen year round so it's good stuff pastor we are ready for the word of god this morning amen, amen. thank you son it's the lord hallelujah amen. amen i like it we're getting some rain this year everything praise the lord good stuff yeah, let me just again say thank you. So many people made uh, yesterday possible, and it was a great event. It was cool to see probably over 80% of the people that were here don't even go to our church. They're just people out of the community and stuff. So it was a great, great outreach. So it, uh, it just happened by everybody working together and making that happen. appreciate Brandon and the children's ministry team for uh, uh, having a vision and a heart to make that come to pass and all the hard work they put into it. And uh, so a lot of fun. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let me just say this about your giving. We're looking at uh, this last, uh, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> this last month, we've just been getting a lot of requests in the area of missions and people wanting to help with missions. We have things like the hurricane down in Haiti, I mean, that hit Haiti down there and just devastating there. We have Michael who was here and they have the, the Ukraine and the area that's there and just the devastation as a fact, they show some video, we uh, may show it next Sunday, and uh, of uh, what's going on there in the Ukraine. And it looks like this is not World War I, this is not World War II, this is today what's happening there, the devastation and that. And so the people that need food, they need supplies, over a million displaced people there in the Ukraine because of the war that is there. And so as a church, we love to be able to give to that and do that so, so that you know what we do out of every offering, the offering you just gave, 10% of that will go into our mission savings. And so you're giving to missions with your tithes and with that. 
But on top of that, if you'd like to help in another area or if God lays on your heart to do something for missions and uh, do that so we can continue to send our friends in uh, Liberia, have a container. Elwood and them have a container that, that uh, a church is buying the supplies for, but they need to be able to ship that over there. So we want to be able to help them with uh, making that happen. So, so many great things, but through your giving, you make ministry happen, not just here and uh, being able to outreach to our community, but helping us to give to the ministry around the world. Amen? So thank you for your faithfulness in doing that. And then we're excited. We've been working uh, the last month to put together. You'll notice we have three new cameras in the sanctuary here. And so starting next week, we'll be able to, our goal is by next Sunday, be able to have our live stream up and be able to live stream uh, our Sunday morning service, uh, second service, and then also our, uh, our Tuesday night service and uh, have the ministry go out. The cool thing about live streaming now is that we used to do, years ago when we uh, did programs, we did it on uh, local cable access. And so the only way to get things out was to produce a little program and put it on local cable TV and hopefully somebody would watch it and get the word. But through live stream now, we literally can go around the world. There's no limit to where we can go. And through our web provider, um, they actually, uh, we have unlimited viewing. So people, thousands of people, however many people could log on and be a part of that. And uh, so maybe that's something you'd like to sow into and uh, and just pray about that. Maybe the Lord would put a, uh, a uh, something on your heart to do for us in keeping that. So far, we've spent right about $13,000 in retooling everything and getting up to speed. And uh, so with the cameras, with all the computer equipment and the programs and stuff like that, so it just takes money. Amen? So it works out, but maybe if you want to sow into that, that'd be great. Praise the Lord. Amen. Open your Bibles up to John chapter 16. John chapter 16. And... uh, it, uh, in fact, I'm excited. I know that our friend Sharwan over in India, uh, who we support there in, in, uh, in, as a, one of our missionaries, I know that he is going to be excited to be able to tune into some of the services. Our friends in Liberia, our missionaries there. And uh, so we're excited about that. We know that that'll be happening. And uh, we, have, we have several families who have moved out of state over the years and they want to get CDs. We'll post something about a lesson. People go, well, can I get a CD? Can I get this? So being able to have that and have those and actually for them to actually go to the website and watch it, but also uh, have some of those videos archived there will be awesome to be able to share with people. Amen? And then they'll share it with their friends. We believe the gospel will get out. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. John chapter 16, and last week we began this lesson on uh, life in the Spirit. And just sharing with you, we started in Genesis chapter 2 in the fact that God created man and He formed him and then He breathed into him the breath of life. And you and I were made to contain spirit and then to do life by the Spirit. And it's so important that we understand that. Jesus in John chapter 16 gives us, and we're going to walk through a lot of Scripture this morning, and uh, uh, just really I want to stir us up to really push ourselves to learn to live by the Spirit. As I said last week, it's so easy for us to be natural, to do everything naturally. It just because it comes natural to us. To do it. You have to make yourself live by the Spirit. John chapter 16, verse 7, Jesus says this, Nevertheless, I tell you, it is expedient for you that I go away. If I do not go, He won't come. Uh, 
For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send Him to you. I want you to list this out of the Amplified Bible. I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage. Where expedient there means advantage. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper, now listen to this, the Comforter, the Advocate, the Intercessor, the Counselor, the Strengthener, the Standby, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send Him, the Holy Spirit, to you to be in close fellowship with you. Father, I thank You this morning as we open Your Word. I thank You. It is Your heart's desire that each and every one of us would be born of Your Spirit. Have Your breath breathed into us, made alive unto You. And more than just being born again, that we would be completely filled to overflowing with Your Holy Spirit. And that, Father, we would know the security and the benefit of being led by Your Spirit each and every day, drawing on the assistance that He brings into our life. So, Father, we ask You today, by Your Spirit, Holy Spirit, come. Be our teacher. Be our helper. Be the one who leads and guides us through the Word this morning. Cause our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to receive. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Look at the cover of your outline as we walk through this. I want to ask you a question. Is what happens when we try to do church without the Holy Spirit? What happens when we try to do church without the Holy Spirit? Which is a lot of what we do as we try to do everything. We come up with things, so we go through most. But we were never meant to do church without the Holy Spirit. He's the one who makes us the church. How many would agree? It's by the Spirit, by, by one Spirit. We get saved and we're baptized by one Spirit into one body. We make up the body of Christ. We're not a separate entity. We literally are the body of Christ. And so He works in our lives to make us the church. Then secondly, what happens when we try to do life without the Holy Spirit? So we try to do church without Him, but then many times we try to do life without Him. And He is the one who is our very life. When we try to do life without Him, then we do life in our own strength. When we try to do church without Him, we do church in our own understanding. That's how we get religion. That's how we get division and everything else. Because we're doing it the way we think it should be done. We read, instead of being led by the Spirit. Now, this isn't in your outline, but just thinking about this, you have to go back in the beginning when God created man. He made man an authority in the earth. He gave him authority over all the earth. And he set parameters for that authority to work. And then the devil comes in and the temptation in the garden with the devil is if you eat the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, then you will be like God. You will know good and evil and, and, and you can make these choices. And so man became a self-sovereign. He became God of his own life. And when we come to Christ and to be led by the Holy Spirit, we have to choose to release the sovereignty of our life. As Sean was saying in the offering, you're a self-sovereign this morning. You're ruling over your own life. But I have to choose to surrender the sovereignty or the rule of my life to this and bring it under the sovereignty of God's Word. Are you with me this morning? Or allow His Word to be the leading factor in my life. And the Holy Spirit, what He does, He takes everything in Christ and brings it to us and shows it to us. So look at the next part of your outline here. Nothing about our lives or church was meant to be natural. Life in Christ is spiritual, and we have been given an open invitation to walk in and live with Him by and through His Holy Spirit. 
You see, Jesus gave some final instructions to his disciples, and it was to not to try to do life or ministry without the Holy Spirit. And Tuesday night, we continued this on, and we're just going to stay on this theme both on Sunday morning and on Tuesday night for a season in that, and that's just on life in the Spirit. And I want you to think about this. Jesus, and I'm going to repeat it a couple of times, but on the last night that He was with His disciples, beginning in John chapter 13, He shows them servanthood, shows them how to, how to minister one to another and quit jockeying for position, but just be a servant leader as He was. He gives them an example to follow, and then in chapter 14, 15, and 16, he begins talking to them about the transition in relationship that's going to take place with them and the Father and with him. That he's leaving, as we just read, and he's sending the Holy Spirit. He's sending a comforter to be with them. And he's explaining how the Holy Spirit is going to be working in their life. And he's telling them, do not do life and do not do ministry without the Holy Spirit. And that, that, that is so hard for us to get. And we're going to read a statement by Charles Spurgeon here in a moment, but it's easy for us to agree with our mind. It's another thing for us to live it in our lives. Are you doing all right? Okay. So Jesus gave these final instructions to his disciples. It was not to try to do life or ministry without the Holy Spirit. In Matthew chapter 3, in fact, just turn there, and I want you to walk through these scriptures with me this morning, and we're going to look at a lot of scriptures. And last week I gave you the six-week challenge that you would come to every service with your own Bible. A real Bible, and, and don't misunderstand, phones have, have scriptures in them, but there's something about, it. in fact, I, I get blessed every time I go back through my Bible, and, and I can see the things that the Lord has spoken to me, and write those down, because now this is God's personal word to me. It's not just the Bible, this is God's word to me, and I, and I get to hold it in my, holding the written word in your hand, I, I just believe there's a, a tangible presence that is there, different than anything else electronic or whatever. Use all the benefits and all the aid, but there's something powerful about holding on to the Word of God and having a, a, taking notes and writing things down and believing that God's going to speak to you. And that if you would do that on Sundays and on Tuesday and say, God, I'm going to give you six weeks. I'm just going to take six weeks and, and put you at a first place in my life. I'm going to honor you and put you first place in my life. Let me just kind of put it to you like this. If, if you wanted to be a brain surgeon, how many know you couldn't take one class once every three weeks. You, you just wouldn't get it. You, to learn anything, to master anything, to learn how to do anything, you, you have to, there has to be diligence, there has to be application. We're not going to know how to live by the Spirit or live for God when, when we're not allowing ourselves to be taught, to be instructed, or even how to do life in the Spirit or body together if we're not connecting and assembling together. Are you with me? It's so important. And then to see what that transition that God would do to him. God, if I sow this seed in my life, if, if I make this investment, I believe there's a harvest. Everything produces harvest when we sow a seed. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11, John speaking of Jesus, he said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And so we're going to read these scriptures showing that John is literally telling 
uh, and prophesying that Jesus is coming with a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Or baptism means to be immersed into, to be placed into, to be completely covered with and surrounded with and, and anointed with the Holy Spirit. And so he said, Jesus is coming and he is the one who's going to be our baptizer. Go with me to the Gospel of John in the first chapter. We're going to find out this morning just how uh, uh, personally the Holy Spirit is with it. John chapter 1 verse 29, it says the next day or after the day after the baptism of Jesus, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is He of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he has come before me. I did not know him but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore I came baptizing with water, and John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and remained upon him. Everybody say remained. See, the Holy Spirit comes and he abides with us. He remains with us. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water <clears throat> said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So Matthew gives a, a part of the account of what John said, and then John, uh, uh, John the Baptist says, and then John the Apostle here expands that a little bit further. And he says, and I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. Look over at John chapter 3 and beginning in verse 30. And it says this, John says, He must increase, but I must decrease. And so to live by the Spirit, we have to have the, allow the Holy Spirit to increase in and through our life. Even in our church. We can't do church without Him, so we have to allow Him to increase in our gatherings. Would you agree? And we can't do life without Him, so we have to allow Him to increase by His work in our life. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven is above all. And what He has seen and heard, that He testified. And no one receives His testimony. He who has received His testimony has certified that God is true. Verse 34, For He whom God has sent speaks the words of God. For God does not give the Spirit by measure. And I want you to hear that this morning. Religion has told us over the years that <clears throat> Jesus had the Holy Spirit without measure. And that is true. <clears throat> but then it says, we don't get the same measure of the Holy Spirit. But Jesus came as a man. He didn't come as the Son of God. He became all man. And His life was lived just the same way you are living your life. The difference is, is He wasn't connected to the seed of Adam. He was born of the seed of His heavenly Father. So He wasn't born with a sin nature. The Bible tells us, and Paul explains it, that he is the second Adam. And so he came, and then as Adam, when he was given the choice, he resisted this temptation and stayed faithful to God. He was tempted, but yet without 
sin. Amen? But he did that by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus drew on the power of the Holy Spirit. And for you and I, how many have heard in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it says that, that, that there's no temptation taking you except what is common to man. But God, with the temptation, will make a way of escape. The way of escape is the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. The Holy Spirit empowers us to say no to sin and yes to God. To say no to temptation and yes to God. To live life by the power of the Spirit. Are you with me this morning? And so Jesus was, and John's declaring that God does not give the Spirit by measure. When you are saved, God just doesn't breathe a, a small portion of His life into you. He breathes the fullness of His life into you. And when He baptizes you with the Holy Spirit, it's the same baptism that Jesus read. It is the fullness of the measure of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? Amen. So important for us to understand that. And so the Father loves the Son and has given all things into His hand. And we are now joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. So all this is delivered into our hands as well. And then last, go with me back to John chapter 3. And we're going to look at just the beginning there, verses 3 through 6. Nicodemus comes to Jesus trying to warn him about what's going on. And in verse 3, Jesus answered and said to Nicodemus, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again... He cannot see the kingdom. And Nicodemus, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you. Or in other words, one translate King James, truly, truly, or verily, verily, surely, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So when we are born again, we are born of the Spirit. And we're supposed to now live out of our new man. There is a spirit man on the inside of us. Hallelujah. And so when we learn, God, I don't have to live by the pressures of this life. I don't have to deal with everything. If I try to do life without the Spirit, then I'm dealing with everything just in my own understanding. All I see is my own resources. All I have to draw upon is my own strength. But when I do life out of my spirit, when I do life by the power and the life of the Holy Spirit that we have received, then life takes on a whole new dimension. Now we're living life the way God created us to live life. We're walking with Him. We're in fellowship with Him. And just like Adam in the garden, we can hear the voice of God calling to us. I, I, I read a statement by George Fox and he said, you know what, uh, as I've looked through all of Christianity back in the 1500s, said, in every place I've seen, I've Watch all these people. When you try to tell people that Jesus came to restore us back to the original place that Adam had with God in the garden, a place of purity, a place of innocence, a place of righteousness and holiness and fellowship with God, they struggle with that. So then to tell them that what it means to be in Christ, that it's even harder for them to get a hold of. But if I can help you to believe that God has given you life in the Spirit, and you have this amazing opportunity before you every day to live by the Spirit. Amen. So look at your outline with me. Jesus was born by the Spirit filled with the Spirit, and anointed with the Holy Spirit. Hear me, everything He did was as a man by the power of the Holy Spirit, 
in and upon his life. Everything he did was just like you as a man anointed and endued with power by the Holy Spirit. The same promise and the same power that God has for you. I'm praying through these lessons that God will stir something fresh and something new on the inside of you. Wait a minute. When you're facing trials, when you're facing struggles, when you're facing hard decisions, wait a minute. I don't have to do this on my own. I am born again. I am born of the Spirit. And we quote the verse of John 4, 4, Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. Wait a minute. I'm doing this and I'm not even acknowledging the greater one who lives on the inside of me. What if I just stopped? What if I began to pray in the Holy Ghost? What if I stirred up my most holy faith? God, I need an answer. Holy Spirit, Jesus said, it was to my advantage that he would go away so that you would come. Listen to the Amplify again. Listen to what it says. It says this, but I tell you, the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby will come. I need counsel. I need strength. Amen. Amen. He is here with us to be a part of our life. Think about it. Luke 4.18, Jesus declared over His ministry that it was by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Jesus did not begin ministry. He did not do anything in ministry until He was anointed by the Holy Spirit. Until the Holy Spirit descended upon He did no ministry. He did no miracles by the virtue of being the Son of God. He did them by being Son of Man, anointed and baptized with the Holy Spirit. The same way the Holy Ghost worked through your life and through mine. See, this is life in the flow, quickened and made alive, empowered and filled with the boldness of it, with boldness is God's perfect will for every life. Your life, God's will for your life is a life in the flow of His Spirit. See, it's a down payment of our inheritance. We can live in it and through it if we so desire. But listen, let me go back to what I said a moment ago about being a sovereign. You are self-sovereign. God will let you do life on your own. He will allow you to do life on your own. Or you can receive the promise and walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. But it is a choice. It is an, takes active engagement on the part of the believer. The Holy Spirit, as I said last week when I was illustrating about the voices of demons coming through people, that the devil is a controlling spirit. When people uh, uh, open themselves up to demonic presence, then the devil takes control of your life. The Holy Spirit doesn't take control. He leads and asks you to follow. He reveals and He inspires. The Holy Spirit brings inspiration into our life and He asks us to speak. He, he asks us to, to be yielded to His will and we agree and we walk in agreement with Him. But He only invites us to follow. He doesn't take control. He will never make you. I've, I've prayed with people for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they keep waiting for the Holy Spirit to make them pray with other tongues. It will never happen. And so then they go away. Well, if God wanted me to, He would make me. No, He, wouldn't, he won't make you do it. God wants you saved, but He won't make you get saved. You have to choose. Are you with me this morning? We have to choose. Praise the Lord. So watch this. So what happened? The disciples begin to follow Christ. 
And for just over three years, they witnessed a man walking in and with the Holy Spirit. On the night of his betrayal, he teaches them about the Comforter, the Promised One, the Holy Spirit, who had been with them, would be in them, and upon them. Hear me. His instructions to them are the same for us today. What he told them is we need the helper in our lives and in our churches. Jesus gave this instruction to his disciples. You need help in your life and in your church or ministry. We are not made to do life or ministry without the helper. Are you hearing me this morning? You're not made to do it. People get so frustrated. We're going through so many. Now, let me ask you. I believe in counseling. I believe in getting advice. We, we need to hear other perspectives. And, and when you go to get counsel, many times uh, uh, you're too close to a situation. And so you need somebody who stepped back a little bit further and has a different perspective and can shine a little different light upon that. A little different. And then you take that into consideration, but you are still left with the choice. But can I tell you, the Holy Spirit is called a counselor. And too many people go to man for counseling before they ever talk to the Holy Ghost. Before they ever make an appointment, people call me, Pastor, can I get an appointment to come and talk? I need some counseling. Yes, absolutely, I will meet with you. But have you talked to the Holy Spirit? Have you talked to the divine counselor? He is here. That's what he's here for. He is a helper. Amen. And so many times we do that. In fact, uh, Willie George, one of the, the parameters that he set as a pastor at a very large church, but before he would counsel with people, he says, this is what you need to do. You come to every service, every service for eight weeks, every service, and you bring your Bible, just like we challenge. You bring your Bible, you bring your notepad, and you're in every service. And if you still need counseling after eight weeks of being under the Word, we can meet. And the majority of the time, people would get their answer from the Word of God. God's will is that you go to Him. Amen. The counselor, Jesus said, it is to your advantage that I go, because I'm going to send the helper, the counselor, the standby, the strengthener into your life. Are you getting this this morning? So He's here for us. See, in John chapter 14, Jesus declared He is our helper and our... In fact, just turn to... Let's read these this morning. we got a few moments. John chapter 14. It's so important that you see it in your Bible. Come on, this is, when I hold my Bible, this is God speaking to me. I mean, this now becomes God's personal word to me. So I'm looking here. Jesus says this in John chapter 14 and verses 16 and 17. And said, I'm going to pray the Father and He will give you another what? Helper, a comforter that He may abide with you forever. Everybody say He. Which means the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not Casper the friendly ghost. He's not a spirit floating around. He is a person, the physical third person of the Godhead. He is a full person. As real as the Lord Jesus Christ. Even the Spirit of what? Truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. What does that mean? That means He is always accessible. You have to make an appointment with me, but He is with you always. 
Amen. And we have to try to get our schedules to Mac so we can talk things over together and find wisdom and get an answer and find a solution that, that, that's beneficial and profitable. But, but He is available always. You don't have to make an appointment with Him. He lives in you. Hallelujah. And then look at John 16 and verse 7. And we already read, Jesus said it's expedient for you. Look down at verse 13. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said, he will take of mine and declare it to you. So listen to that this morning. Jesus is declaring to his disciples. Now I want you to hear this. Again, this is John 16. The next chapter we go into John 17 and the high priestly prayer of Christ, praying for unity and praying for clarity and understanding. And then we go right into John 18 and his betrayal in the garden. And then he's delivered and we go into his passion and his crucifixion and his death and his burial and his resurrection. But the last thing he says on the last night that is with all of his disciples is trying to get them to understand that he, the Holy Spirit, is coming to be with them. Amen? And so he is here with us. <coughs> Excuse me. So Jesus is going to the Father and he would send the promise of the Father to him. Now, let me see if I can illustrate this to you because Jesus is seated with the Father and the Holy Spirit is now with us. We did this Sunday morning. And so, Jeff and Tony, come on up here. Hallelujah. And Tony, come right over here and stand right over there on the carpet right over there. Jeff, you go right over by him. Okay. Tony is the father. Okay. And Jeff is the Holy Spirit. Okay. In fact, j just shift place. Put the Father over here. Okay? <laughs> Amen. Perfect unity. <laughs> so, we have the Father and the Holy Spirit. Now, this is what Jesus said. I get to be Jesus. Okay? Jesus says, I'm going to go to the Father. And when I get there, I'm going to send the promise of the Holy Spirit. And so in church today, we love, and we taught a great message on the Father, understanding that we, we've been reconciled, that the Father, the Father, watch it, the Father was in the Son, reconciling the world back into relationship with Him. So we have a relationship with the Father. How many know that the Bible declares that God is Spirit? And so if I'm going to have a relationship with God, it's going to be in the Spirit. I cannot have a carnal relationship with a holy God. I cannot have a natural relationship with a God of Spirit. My relationship with God has to be spiritual. There's nothing natural about it. And so the Father is in the Son, and the Holy Spirit is the anointing upon me. And like my coat, I'm, I'm anointed with the Holy Spirit. I'm doing the work and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So the Spirit of God is upon me. He's equipping me to do the work. And so I'm ministering. And now when my work is complete, I'm telling my disciple, Now listen, guys, I'm going away. I'm going back to the Father. And the Holy Spirit is the promise. And when I get there, the Father is going to send the promise to you. 
And so in church today, we focus on people. Uh, I, I just they, they want a vision of Jesus. They, they, they want uh, uh, all these different things. And we focus on the Father and the Son. But Jesus is trying to say to His disciples, there's a change coming. And the change is coming that I've completed my work. Father, I finished the work. John 17. I finished the work you sent me to do. And so Jesus completes His work. And now... After completing the work, he goes to the Father, and the Father receives him. He brings his blood, receives it, and now he is seated by the right hand of the Father, and the Father sends the promise. Send the promise, Father. Send him. Go. There you go. That we need to go. Amen. Okay. Where are you going? Go right there. You go where Jesus was. All right? Holy Spirit is supposed to know this, but we're just trying to help him this morning. <laughs> Amen. So here, so so where Jesus is seated by the see, Jesus seated by the right hand of Stephen looks up in Acts seven. I see Jesus seated by the right hand of the Father. So the Father and the Son are where? In heaven. Okay, and Jesus is seated with the Father. But who has been sent to you? The Holy Spirit, the Helper, the Comforter. So He is here. So while you're trying to get Jesus, oh Jesus, come down. Oh Jesus, come to heaven. No, I, I don't need to come. I sent you the Helper. And so you have to get a, a concept in your mind and an understanding in your mind that the Helper has been sent to you. And now you need to be building a relationship with Him. And through the Holy Spirit, you get to learn about Christ because the Father has given everything to the Son. And the Son, as we just read, has released it to the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is taking what the Son has received and He is here to reveal it to you. Are you getting this this morning? And so here's this great invitation that you have with the Holy Spirit. But church and religion has done this. We've done this. We've said, Father and Son, come back to earth. Holy Spirit, go back over there and mind your own business. And so we make the Holy Spirit stay out of the picture. We make Him stay out of the picture. We want Him just minding His own business. Not interfering. Because when He shows up, He does all that manifestation stuff. And so it's a lot easier to just hang out with the Father and the Son and do all that stuff and, and, and just say, okay, we believe in the Holy Spirit. We just don't want Him coming down here and messing up our idea of how to do church and life. Amen. Because we've learned how to do church and we've learned how to do life in a way that fits in the confines of our minds and our understanding. And when the Holy Spirit shows up, He operates outside of your understanding. Right. And you have to trust Him and you have to, and you have to be led by Him. And you have to be yield to Him. And you have to learn not to grieve Him. Amen? And so the right picture is, is the Father and the Son get to go back to heaven. And the Holy Spirit comes back. And you begin to build a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because He is a full, He is the fullness of God manifest to you right now. He is everything the Father has and everything the Son has. He is here to present it to you. He is God with you today. Amen? If you believe that, give the Lord a good praise. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Amen. Listen to what Charles Spurgeon said. It's there in your outline. Watch it. If we do not honor the Holy Spirit, we cannot expect Him to work with us. 
This is a powerful statement. I found this the other day in, in, in uh, uh, a quote from him. He will be grieved and leave us to find out our own helplessness. Hear that again. If we do not honor the Holy Spirit, we cannot expect Him to work with us. He will be grieved and leave us to find out our own helplessness. Everybody please look up here. The Christian should never feel helpless. You should never feel abandoned. You should never feel alone. You should never feel without strength, without remedy, without supply. You have God's presence, His life, His Spirit living inside of you. His anointing promised to be upon you. We never should feel in that. But we have to recognize Him. Ephesians tells us, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Listen to what he says. Moreover, I fear... That, however, generally the doctrine of the necessity of the Holy of the Spirit's work may be believed as a matter of theory. Hear that. And this is where the church is today. Spurgeon had it, and we haven't changed. We believe in all this as a matter of theory. We believe it's a theory. Yes, that's a great concept. Yes, hallelujah. But it is not acted upon. Listen to this dynamic statement. And what is not believed in practice is in fact not believed at all. Wow. What a prophetic statement. What is not believed in practice. Or if I don't believe it enough to do it, I don't believe it at all. Amen. I believe in dieting. I don't do it. I don't do it at all. Therefore, I don't believe in dieting. Do you understand what I'm saying? For me to say, I believe in this and not practice it is a lie. And, and hear me this morning, it is self-deception. But if I say I believe in everything about the Holy Spirit, but if it's only a religious theory, and it never becomes into life application and practice, you know, they, they even make the Bible spirit life application. We make that title on our Bible because we're supposed to take it and make application of it in our life. And that's what Spurgeon is saying. Listen to this. Without the Spirit of God, we can do nothing. We are ships without wind or chariots without steed. Like branches without sap, we are withered. Like coals without fire, we are useless. As an offering without the sacrificial flame, we are unaccepted. Wow. He says this, I desire both to feel and confess this fact whenever I attempt to preach. I do not wish to get away from it or conceal it, nor can I, for I am often made to feel it to the deep humbling of my spirit. To our hand, the Holy Ghost is the force. To our eye, He is the light. We are but stones, He is the sling. We are the arrows, He is the bow. Are you getting this this morning? You are an arrow that He wants to shoot. You are the stone that He wants to fling against the giant. But we have to acknowledge Him. When we confess our weakness, we become fit to be strengthened by Him. When we can acknowledge our emptiness, it becomes the preparation for receiving His divine fullness. What an amazing statement. Amen? 
I, I did, that, that, that thing kept going off of me all week and just meditating on that. Think about that. But it brings us back to what I said a few moments ago, is that you are a sovereign, my friend. Sitting right where you are this morning. I can preach myself inside out. I can preach under the anointing of God. I can give you every scripture in the Bible. But until you choose to yield the sovereignty of your will and bring your life into agreement with the words of a holy God and walk in agreement with Him, there will be no change. There will be no transformation. And there will be no manifestation of His power. Amen. Amen. It takes a choice. And I'd say, yes, God, I agree. And I will move past theory into practice and application. Hear me, the last instruction, I've said it several times, that Jesus gave to His disciples before ascending to heaven was to wait for the promise and the power of the Holy Spirit as the worship team comes back. Luke 24, Jesus told His disciples, here He is, and this is before the last night He was with them. We read in John 14, 15, and 16 about what He says about the Holy Spirit. But then, on His ascension, now He's been resurrected. He's been seen by His disciples and over 500 others for over 40 days. And now He's getting ready to ascend to the Father, to go take His place and be seated on the right hand of the Father. And He's 10 days before the day of Pentecost. And so He's been with them 40 days after the resurrection and now it's 10 days before the day of Pentecost and what's going to happen the father's going to send the promise on the day of Pentecost when it was fully come God sent the promise amen that's what Peter stood up and said hey this is that that was spoken Jesus has received the promise and now he's poured this out which you now see and you hear hallelujah Amen. And so he sends him to it. So Jesus says, go and wait for the power. Go wait until you are due, clothed with power from on high. Acts 4, 1, verses 4 through 8. He told them to go and wait for the fulfillment of what John declared, to be baptized by him with the Holy Spirit and with power. Acts 2, Jesus declared that it happened. And he says, this is that. Joel's prophecy is now fulfilled. And then Acts chapter 2, verses 38 through 4. Peter declared the promise is to everyone. I want you to hear me this morning. Peter stands up and says, hey, what you're seeing here, this is the promise of the Father. And it is to you, it is to your children, it is to your children's children, and it is to as many as are afar off. Hallelujah. I'm thankful that I'm an afar off one. Amen. Years ago, people were telling, and people say, well, 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 I don't know if I believe all that. I said, I don't care what you believe. When I read my Bible, I have a Bible experience. I, I, I've experienced what's written in this Word. I, I have it in my life. And God has filled me, as He promised, with His Holy Spirit. Amen. And the Holy Spirit continues to fill them. And empower them individually and corporately as a church. Acts chapter 4, we read it. They all gathered together. Peter and John have healed the lame man at the gate. Beautiful. They've been put on trial for it. They've been examined for the power of God working through their life. Doing the same works that Jesus did. Signs, wonders, and miracles following them. Amen. And then, I mean, these are just fishermen. These are just normal people just like you and I. But the Holy Ghost has made all the difference in their life. And so here they are. Now they're examined. And they said, hey, this is by His name and through faith in His name and the Holy Spirit working in our life. And then they come back and they said, Lord, behold their threats. They told us to be quiet, not to pray. And then they're all filled. Yeah. 
with the Holy Spirit and they go out and they speak the word of God with both. But the whole church gets filled and filled again and overflowing. God wants you to live a life of fullness with Him. Are you getting this this morning? Amen. I watch so many Christians walking around. No joy, no power, no excitement, no fulfillment in their life. Getting bored with church, getting bored with serving, getting dabbling into this, dabbling into that. I'm going to try this. I'm going to go back to drinking. I'm going to go back to doing this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going back and gradually say, wait a minute, we're called to live by God in the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 6. Turn there with me for this scripture. Watch this. Men, I want to encourage you this morning. God is still looking for men. Amen. I'm not a male chauvinist. I'm a Bible believer. But God set men to be leaders. Not women. Men to be the spiritual leaders. God uses men. And men are supposed to be a covering for a woman. And a woman functions to her fullness when she's under the spiritual leadership of a godly man. Too many times. I remember pastoring in Bieber. We had a gentleman, Bud Schaus with his name, and he would sit on the second row right there, and his wife, Colleen, would sit right next to him. And I would say, Bud, where's your Bible? He says, Mama has it. I said, Bud, who's praying? Mama's praying. And so he deferred everything to Mama. Amen. So I said, well, how long are you going to be a Mama's boy? Mama needs a man. Come on, guys. We don't get married to marry your Mama. I'll just say it real plain this morning. Ed Cole said this, if your wife becomes your mama pretty soon, it's hard to have sex with your mother. And so you have to go find a girlfriend. And when you allow your mom, your wife to slip into the role of your mother, then you get mad. Why are you telling me you sound just like my mom? Well, rise up and be a man. Be filled with the Holy Ghost and power under the anointing of God. I would probably get letters, calls on this. I don't care. Hallelujah. Acts 6. In the days when the verse 1 and 2, the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a murmuring against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitudes of the disciples and said, It's not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Ghost, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, who we may appoint over these matters. Or in other words, in the book of Acts, to serve tables, the standard was to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Because there was going to be, there was going to be argument. There was going to be, I didn't get enough. I, and you needed the anointing of God to settle dispute. You needed the anointing of God to walk in distribution. You needed the anointing of God to work. As we, when we get into 1 Corinthians 12, we'll find that God said in the church that He said in administrations and hell. There's an anointing to be an administrator. There's an anointing to do the ministry of hell. And the Holy Ghost anoints us to do it in such a way that there's no division. There's there's no strife, but it brings unity and peace back to the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. Father, I pray this morning. Lord, I pray that by Your Spirit, You would bring a quickening 
into our congregation. Father, I pray that you would bring a quickening into the life of each and every one of us. Lord, that we would move beyond theory. We would move beyond agreement. We would move beyond just going through the most. But Father, we would accept your invitation to walk in the fullness of life with you. Jesus, thank you for coming and doing the work and finishing the business that the Father gave you to do. Thank you for coming and being our redemption. Thank you for coming and paying the price for our sin. Thank you for taking your blood back to heaven and sanctifying us through the blood. Thank you for the covering and the atoning work of your blood. And thank you for receiving the promise of the Father and pouring Him out upon our lives. So Father, today we declare we desire to be a people who are filled with your Spirit, walk in your Spirit. We choose to release the sovereignty of our lives to you, to be led by you. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you today. You are the one who has been sent. You are God with us. We thank you for your presence in our lives. Lord, I pray, Lord, somebody might be here that just might be struggling. They, they might have battled an area. And God, they just need the helper today. They need help in their lives today. They, they need to get past that place of doing it in their own strength, their own ability. And they're ready just to say, Holy Spirit, I give up. I'm going to quit trying to fix it. I'm going to allow you to be the helper in my life. I just felt that as I was praying. You're here today while our heads are bowed. We're praying. And that's you. You just need to get out of your own strength. You've been trying to do so much of your life just in your own strength, in your own power, in your own understanding. It doesn't mean you don't read your Bible. It doesn't mean you don't pray. But when it comes down to the practice, when it comes down to the nitty-gritty of doing it, you just always go back to your own understanding. Instead of just waiting on the Holy Spirit, sometimes just putting it in His hand and waiting on Him to give you the wisdom. Not always being able to act especially some of us guys we think we got to fix it right away learning to wait on God they that wait upon the Lord renew their strength sometimes it means to wait on God and allow Him to bring the clarity and for Him to direct our path but I felt like there's somebody right here this morning that just needs that in your life you just need to acknowledge the Holy Spirit and to allow Him to be that strength and that helper and that counselor in your life. If that's you while we're praying, just raise your hand. I want to pray with you. Who is that this morning? Amen. Thank you, Coach. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Come on, let's just stand together this morning. And maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, you know what? I've come and I've been going to church, but I have never allowed the Holy Spirit to flow through my life. I've never allowed Jesus to be my baptizer. I've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit. I know I'm born again, but I've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit. I've never surrendered and allowed the Holy Spirit to pray through me. I've, I've never released that flow through my life. And this morning, I want Jesus to baptize me with the Holy Spirit. Is that anybody this morning that's here this morning? I want to pray with you as well. Anybody else? Thank you, sir. Amen. Anyone else? Amen. Well, if you raise your hands on any of those areas, you come right up here. We're going to pray. Sean, come on up here. The band's going to worship. We're going to begin praying right now. God's going to fill you with the Holy Spirit. He's going to bring this release into your life. Just moving out of where you are. It says, God, I'm just getting out of it. I'm stepping into your presence. I'm stepping into your power right now. In Jesus' name. Those The others of you that raise your hand, get up here right now. Come on, we're praying over everybody right now. Hallelujah. If you raise your hand there in a moment. Right now, come on. Hallelujah. 